Hi, welcome to the Mousemore Podcast. My name is Adam, and today I have two very special guests. They are the hosts of the Dillo's Diz Podcast and are content creators in the Disney universe. Please welcome to the show, Frank and Jen. Hi, Frank and Jen. Hello. Hey, Adam. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank hey, you so much. We're going to just keep answering at the same exact yeah. time. <laughs> That's usually how it works. Uh, so you guys are siblings? Yes. I found you guys, I believe it's through Justin Monorail and his uh, previous podcast, the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. I remember he mentioned your names, and I was like, who are these people? So <laughs> then I found your podcast, and I started listening, and I was instantly hooked for a couple reasons. I liked your guys' dynamic. It's got to be because you guys are adult siblings, and you have an age gap between the <laughs> two of you. Very, very big age gap. Um, Maybe, uh, seven and seven and a half years, <laughs> if you want to be exact. Yeah. yeah. So my sister is 14 years younger than me. So it's a, although it's twice the amount, it's still similar in that like, like you kind of grow up with a much younger person, you know, in the house, and you, you kind of, you know, have to deal with different things. So or uh, a much older Adam, a much older <laughs> person in the house. <laughs> depending upon your depending upon your point of view, I guess. Yes. You guys are from Long Island, and, and if you're unfamiliar, Long Island and New Jersey are very similar. I don't know if you guys are going to like me saying that, but they're very similar. They're very similar in the fact that we are essentially bedroom communities for New York City. So a lot of the people where we live either work in New York City or they work in jobs that support people that work in New York City. Exactly. And uh, we get our we get our New York news and we kind of feel like we are on top of the world. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Checks I would, out. I would say so. Yeah. Bit, a bit of entitlement there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the biggest thing that, that I think I connected with was you guys love Disney and more specifically nostalgic and older things in Disney. I did not go often when I was, I only went once when I was nine and then not again until I was 16 I don't personally have those older memories, but I sort of fill the gaps in with YouTube videos and old planning guides and podcasts uh, like you guys that talk about older things. (laughs) That's what we're here for. We're here to talk about old things. And um, yeah, so that's that's I mean, that's why I like you guys is because you are. You're not afraid to talk about your old memories and and how they you know relate with your family and growing up with your parents and such and um, it's good. And when you guys talk about your parents, I feel this is not a slight in any way. A lot of what your parents do is stuff that my grandparents did. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that happens you guys talk about on your show is all stuff that happened to me. So. Yeah. <laughs> and and so it's just really kind of funny how that worked out. So anyway, so I wanted to have you guys on to talk about some older first Disney memories about the parks and I don't know I guess I just want to talk uh, we'll start off with some core memories of uh, your trip so because you know Disney planning and vacations have evolved over the years pre-internet how did any of this stuff work so when you guys were first going you know who was making your plans who was who was figuring all that stuff about how did that work well I went before Jen was born one time when I was six, and that was in 1981. And um, our grandmother, Mama Delos' uh, mother, 
had just moved to Ocala, Florida. So there was, I think, some sort of like, you know, pull to come visit, kind of combine uh, visiting uh, with uh, some time in Disney. So I, 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 would ha- I should have listened to an episode we did with Mama Dillo from last year because it was 40 years ago. But I, I think we <laughs> did like a couple of days in Ocala and then we traveled down to uh disney and did uh some time at the polynesian we did and uh we had we have we still have the the slips of paper that you had to fill out like the credit card slips and from the 1981 trip it was february and uh so we did a couple of days at the polynesian and it was just a magic kingdom at the time my i have a weird thing in my head that i swear papadillo drove to the site of epcot when it was being built and we were standing at the foot of the construction. I don't know why it exists. Who knows if he made a wrong turn, but there is like a memory in my head that no one else can confirm that I was standing at the foot of the Epcot construction uh, in February of 1981, which would have been a year and 10 months before uh, the park opened. So, you know, the Polynesian is very strong in our house. I remember the electrical water pageant, you know, the whole, uh, what it, that would be the east side of the resort was not built yet. It was just all these hills that I would just run across with the palm trees and the monorail going in the background. We have eight millimeter footage. So that was really the, the first uh, trip uh, and the only trip before Jen was born. And then uh, Jen was just about probably turning three when we went for her first time. Yeah, and I think also like as those early years, sometimes um, Nanny Dillo, which is Papa Dillo's mother, would come with us. And she had worked for Pan Am for a while and I think would sometimes get some deals on hotels. And so I think some of the planning probably fell with her just on the hotel side maybe, or and maybe even the flight side. I don't, I don't know how any of that worked, but I mean, my, uh, I think Papadillo is, was always, been, I almost said my dad, you know, not, not Frank's <laughs> my, dad. Um, my dad. Our dad. Right. Uh, Papadillo has, has gone through travel agents too, like over the course of time for various trips. So I also don't know if he had done that back then or was that something he did later? I'm not sure. As you can imagine, Adam, it's all very secretive. Uh, I think that's why you were chuckling a little bit, because it's like, we don't really know what was going on behind the scenes. Well, and... it, it makes some sense. You guys were younger. Um, now, yeah. now, Frank, I do know that you could take the monorail during Epcot construction and go around the Epcot loop while it was still being constructed. Oh. And I feel like that was at least a year before Epcot was open. That was finished. Oh, and you could do that. Yeah, I've never really done so a deep dive a, on that to see if that could if that was actually a thing or it just lives in my brain. Yeah, interesting. There's a possibility you did the monorail and you got off at – and they might have let you off at the station there. Oh, interesting. Possibly. Plot really thickens. Yeah. <laughs> That's new information. It's brand mm-hmm. new information. I do find it weird that they would let you drive to an active construction site. I don't well, think that's <laughs> Adam, you have to understand Papadillo and his driving around the resort. Nothing has changed in 40 plus years. He still doesn't know which turn to make when. Right. 
And I think that that visiting that visiting grandparents uh, in Florida before a Disney trip is, is see this is where we connect again. So my father's grandparents lived in Florida. My father's father was a golf course superintendent up here in New Jersey. And in the wintertime, they were closed. So he really didn't work in the winter. And so they would drive down to Florida in the wintertime. And they visited the grandmother. And the uh, my father and his family went the first year, the first winter it was open. We're unsure of the month. It, would have, it probably was February of 1972, mm-hmm. based on when they would always travel. They went that first uh, that first winter, probably like I said February, and they stayed at Contemporary and they were trying out my guess is the early form of Key to the World cards, where you could charge everything to your room key, or your room card I guess. The story goes when they went to check out and pay the bill, the machine wasn't working to produce the bill, so they told. Uh, my grandfather and and, the, and my grandmother that they would mail them a bill because they couldn't get one and they charged everything to the room because that was what you did right they never got a bill in the mail so the story goes is they went to contemporary walt disney world for free that <laughs> that's crazy i mean my guess it was probably like two nights it, it wasn't a whole week and because there was only one park and i don't think they spent too much time there but it was something so that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's true. I, 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 it's it's the one you know. Everyone's got those family stories that they constantly like. They'll they'll tell every year, but they change slightly, you know, a little bit. But that one hasn't changed. And anytime my father says it or my uncle, his younger brother says it, so I I think that one's okay. But I well, I guess we'll never really know for <laughs> sure because my father and my father's were in '59, so '72 he would have been. 12 i guess right or mm-hmm. 13 right yeah so so then jen's first trip was when she was three you said i think just about to turn three yeah, and it was, it was a december yeah we would not well no it was in in 85 86 80 and oh, probably 87 too it was all late january so it was always around your oh. birthday in those early times and then 88 is when it started branching into the december um so yeah, it was around Jen's third birthday. I believe it was the night after the oh, – I don't know if this is going to be right. <sighs> no, she would have been four then. Maybe you were four. No, that, I was uh, the, younger than four. Yeah, it was, I, think it was, I think I was in fifth grade. I think you were three. I think it was 85. I want to say that was the Patriots-Bears Super Bowl, but I could be wrong. It was the day after the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, okay. That one was in New Orleans, I'm pretty sure. Oh. I don't see that. I'm pretty sure that's a New Orleans one. <laughs> So three, you probably don't have many memories, or maybe you do. But any, so how often were you guys going after you know that point? I think we were doing once a year, um, and I don't know that we did twice a year until Frank lived down there. Do you think that's true? Or do you think we started that before that? No, I I don't know if we started it consistently before that. I would say when we started experimenting in the summer. Yeah. Like then it became. There was a, from 89 to 90, especially when the studios opened. So the studios opened in 89. So December 89, we were there. And then we did our first summer trip in 90. Then we might have done a, a couple of just summer. And then it's we, there, then there was experimentation. I think when I went to college, <laughs> there was some like just quick weekend trips in the winter, late winter. And and then the summer week long until I moved until I moved down. Mm hmm. So you guys were there a lot. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> I, you guys talk on your show often about MGM and how, you know, much of a, I mean, that was the new park in the day. Mm-hmm. So give me some, can you give me some core memories of, of your, your, all your trips or, and, and then even specifically MGM, any of the, the shows that they had there and such? Yeah. I mean, I, and I think we will often say in the, probably of most of the 80s, we would stay at the Polynesian a lot. And then once the Beach Club opened, we kind of shifted over there. So it's almost like two chapters of our lives were spent at these hotels. <laughs> so a lot of the core memories, I think, do center around the resorts themselves. Uh, but once hashtag OSMGM opened, it, it was definitely the new thing to see and do. And there was so much construction going on at that time. And uh, you know, for us, Citizens of Hollywood, Streetmosphere were the big was the big draw for us. It was so cool to just walk into this park. It was very movie based. You were brought into this immersive experience right away with Streetmosphere. And it it kind of elevated the trips for us. You know, we we're very big on you go to the parks in the morning, you hang out in the afternoon, you swim or you rest or whatever, and then you go back again at night and you know, so many nights of hours were spent just sitting there watching them do their bits. And it was so fun to do stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and uh, we did those. We like our routine. So those yeah. early trips, you know, the Magic Kingdom wasn't open all hours of the night. The Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom would close at six o'clock in the winter. And then you would go over to Epcot, to, you know, in 1988 to see Illuminations at nine o'clock. And I felt like that was the routine. You went to the Magic Kingdom, you went to Epcot at night, and then you, you repeat and rinse. Maybe you went to Circus World or Boardwalk and Baseball. They're the yeah. same park. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, so the studio's opening came at, you know, the right time in my life where I think it would have been very easy to cast off Disney and, you know, be a teenager and be like, I don't need you know, Disney's for kids, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, when you're a teenager in the late 80s, early 90s, all you did was, like, go to the movies. That's what you did with your friends. So this kind of, you know, merging of two things I really loved as a kid and growing up, being in one place, uh, and not really even knowing that I was going to be into the live performance aspect of Citizens of Hollywood slash Streetmosphere, you know, that just that just made the park you know, and and all Walt Disney World really, you know, uh, grow exponentially in my mind and my heart, really. Uh, so that, that that park, you know, that, that's my home park for a lot of reasons, but uh, mainly because I think it, it has kept me young to this day for as old mm-hmm. as I am. <laughs> and I think to your earlier point of, you know, Magic Kingdom closed early and we would go to Epcot at night. So having like a third park to be doing something when it got dark <laughs> was crazy right. to us. We also would typically have annual passes or some sort of park hopper uh, back in those days with our tickets. And back then, you didn't need to really plan anything about your Disney trip. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we will often joke that you could you know, come back from the pool one afternoon and be like, you want to go to California Grill and pick up the, you know, phone and make a reservation for that night. But we could go into a park one morning and be like, it is crazy in here today. What? Let's go. And we would leave and then we would just try a different park later or go somewhere else. And having the park hopper and now having three parks, we could, you know, figure out how the day was going to go and what we wanted to do and where we wanted to be that night or maybe try to get dinner reservations so you know go to mama melrose's or whatever else and you know kind of base it off of that as well mgm 
didn't have I mean, some people regarded it as a half-day park when it first opened. It didn't have as many. It had one or two rides, right? Backlot tour and great movie ride. And then everything right. else was like, you know, shows, which are fine. Um, did you guys find that you were not, You did, were you seeing everything in that park multiple times, you think? A trip or at least multiple times a day? Or was it was it like that? Yeah, I think we went to the things that we loved most often. But I again, I think we grew up on uh, spending half days in parks. Regardless, I mean, even when we had the park cover, sure, you go to end up going to the Magic Kingdom for four days, but it was often like a half a day here, a half a day there. You know, Epcot. You know, if you went between and and again back then, it's a very different time uh, thirty years ago. But if yeah. you went to Epcot between six and nine o'clock. You were hitting Spaceship Earth Horizons, World of Motion, and Journey into Imagination without blinking an eye. You were mm-hmm. you were going to be through it in two hours, not a problem. Hmm. Yeah. And Papadillo is very big with the great movie ride. So talk about, you know, multiple rides. Uh, that, that one we were seeing a lot during our trips. <laughs> yeah. Movie ride? Going to movie ride? <laughs> Well, you know, it was good because that had a lot of that had you know a lot of older you know movies that he would have you know grown up and enjoyed mm-hmm. seeing, which I think was part of its appeal. I was listening to a podcast recently, and I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> it's so bad, <laughs> but it was um, they were talking about how the Mary Poppins scene was so good in the movie ride, but it was so early and it was short and it was kind of like a letdown for what that movie was. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to agree with them. I'm like, you know what? Like of all the scenes they picked, they picked the Chim Chimmer, um, the, the rooftop scene, right? Mm-hmm. Chim Chimmery. And, but it's only her and Bert, I think in that, that were those AA figures. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a big like scene. I just, for, for, for one of the only Disney movies on that ride, they didn't really give it much stuff. No, I, I think my first thought about the great movie right in general is I wish I was a fly on the wall for the planning. I wish there was a book about planning how that layout and the and the flow of the attraction was because right, it, like the Mary Poppins scene lures you into the gangster alley. You know, it, it like it, it brings it down a little bit to bring you in. And and my my other thought of it, of it is that you know Oz was such this wow scene that if they tried to do a wow scene with Mary Poppins it might have reduced that wow i don't know that's 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 my thought of it but i did i i loved the mary poppins and bert scene and and may or may not have snuck mary poppins and bert in between movie ride cars to take their picture next to their audio animatronic figures back Ooh. in the day oh. Oh. Fact. <laughs> yeah and then i didn't realize that there was a sorcery in the sky fireworks show there that oh. had I don't did it. And I guess I don't know. I guess it had music from a lot of those movies. Oh, Adam, Sorcery in the Sky was <laughs> amazing. It was, uh, you know, the first half was all classic movie scores. So, you know, you get Wizard of Oz, you get Star Wars, you get Indiana Jones. You know, one summer they had the Rocketeer, you know, fly around the front of the, the, the Chinese theater and land. And then the second half was all Fantasia music. So I think it's it must have started the year of Fantasia's 50th, which would have been 1990. And then uh, that would be all. And then, you know, get the inflatable 
sorcerer's Mickey on top, which is why everyone has inflatables on their front lawns at the holidays now, <laughs> is because of that sorcerer's Mickey at the Chinese theater. And you know, when my first summer working uh, at the studios, uh, and I, I was working very closely with the genie, and at the end of uh, of the night, if we were doing dinner shifts, maybe. Maybe he wasn't allowed to do this, but the genie would go out into the animation courtyard outside what is now the Disney Junior dance party thing, whatever's happening there. And he would sit down with a bunch of kids and just watch Sorcery in the Sky. Oh. Best summer ever. Oh. <laughs> Frank is a former cast member. And so was Jen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frank, you were closely with, with some characters. I did. I was in the entertainment department working very closely with some of your lovable, huggable tallish Disney <laughs> characters, Goofy Tigger, Genie, Woody was probably my of the four I would point to. Green Army Man from Toy Story did a Toy Story parade when it was happen happening. Uh the Zero to Hero Victory Parade, Hercules Parade at the time. So tell you how old I am. Ninety five to ninety seven was kind of my my core years as a cast member. Frank, you said dinner shift with the genie. Where was that? So in the animation courtyard right now, what is it the Disney Junior Dance Party? You were just there. Yeah. Jen, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So we're uh, like behind the brown derby over there. So you go into the arch and uh, across from the Voyage of the Little Mermaid. There was the restaurant there, which is right where the why they can connect Club 33 up there now. And there was a the restaurant cat- called the Sound. Yeah. The Sound Sage Restaurant is what it's oh, called. Okay. It was called. And they often like had like little pieces of artwork with whatever movie was going on at the time. When I started, it was the uh, Pocahontas. Uh, it was Captain John Smith's ship that they had brought in, and Grandmother Willow was in the restaurant. So whatever was going on at the time, they kind of tried to theme, and then it turned over to Hunchback in the uh, summer of '96. And uh, so that was a breakfast with. Uh, basically your early 90s Disney Renaissance characters of Genie, Miko, uh, Jafar sometimes, Quasimodo was there for a while. And then they tried – it was very successful in the morning. But then they tried to stretch it out over the course of the entire day that summer of 1996, which was not nearly as successful or at all, really, and was very quiet. And we were often left to entertaining ourselves, and it's why the genie may or may not have gotten in trouble for dancing the Macarena (laughs) to Under the Sea. It was very provocative back then in 1996, Adam, the Macarena. It's in every Disney parade now. But you couldn't do it in 1996. That's interesting. Well, maybe, well, maybe they, maybe they felt genie in the era, you know, a canon genie wouldn't have known that dance. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been around for thousands, tens of thousands of years. Come on. <laughs> Speaking of of dining, I have to ask: Did you guys ever make reservations in Epcot at the World Key Information Area, which was the post show of? Spaceship Earth. Did yeah. I say that correct? <laughs> I don't know if we ever. Yeah, the, uh, I'm Bit, your host at each World Key post. Touch yeah. The screen. Yeah. Right. So yeah. those, I don't know if we've uh, again I have to confirm with Papadillo whether he actually used this system. I <laughs> thought we were always just like WDW Dine people. You just I call feel those like we seven, did. 
seven letters. But I know one time I accidentally like pressed the thing because I wanted to see what would happen, and that person came on the screen and it freaked <laughs> me out. And I was like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to press the thing. I just wanted to see what would happen. Uh, so like I'm you're sure the one hundredth child to do it today. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Have a magic But I love those. I love because you not only could do the dining reservation, but it also gave you like you know we love Communicore so and, and all the little touch screen stuff they had at Communicore. So it they. I think the other half of the world key post also had like, here's what journey into imagination is all about. And here's mm-hmm. what world of ocean is all about. It gave you like little behind the scenes stuff too. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. It's um the touch. I mean, it was a touch screen with the video and the person was there and you could make the dining yeah. reservations right there. And that's, that's, I, I mean, now obviously we have the internet for that, but <laughs> it's not, especially when the internet doesn't work like it, like it just did for this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's nice to um, it's nice to it's it's cool to to be able to do. Imagine doing a Disney reservation the day of. How unheard of is that right. now? You know, it's crazy. You're like refresh, refresh, refresh. August, August for two people. Get it, get it, get it. It's like and it's crazy. It's at, and it's at ten thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so funny to see. Oh, oh we could go to breakfast at August. Uh-huh. Every reservation in the world. <laughs> As you guys are making these yearly trips, was it your parents that were like, okay, we're doing this for the kids? Did they – I'm assuming at, at some – I mean I know they liked it. But at some point, they had to have flipped the switch, and they also were enjoying it. Like how? who was the driver sort of behind you guys going you know, so often? I think they always enjoyed it, and I think they basically did and still do. Uh, only two vacations, and that is a cruise or Disney World. And th- it's pretty much the only things they've ever done. <laughs> hmm. They are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary this year. It's pretty much the only vacations they would take every year. And a lot of years, it was their vacation would be, you know, a cruise by themselves. And then we would all go to Disney as like our family vacation. But I, I think it was like the two places Papadillo could like relax because he's always worked like six days a week. And these were just the two places that would chill him out the most. And especially that, like I said, back in the day, Disney was very different. So it wasn't (laughs) planning and stressful and you could just go and do whatever that the fact that he could kind of go have some fun in the, he was like the OG Disney adult. You know, you could, you, you could eat at some good restaurants, you could hang out and go on some rides, but you could also chill out by the pool, take some naps and do it all again tonight, you know? And so I think he was probably always the driving force behind it and, and would continue it every year. And again, Dillo's like their routine. Uh, so we can't really stray from that. And so uh, we just, we just kept it going and, and they, they still go by themselves. So yeah. they're still doing it. They went recently on a trip mm-hmm. by themselves, and and I was just like, you know, I shouldn't say I'm, I was amazed because I, you know, at this point, you know, I know when you guys for four years, I think at this point, <laughs> I should accept it, but still, it's like amazing that you know, older folks mm-hmm. want to do that, and I think that's, yes. I think that's great because I think that gives yeah. me hope that for <laughs> 50 years from now, I'll want to do the same thing. That's right. Yeah, and I think they're pivoting a little bit in that, you know, like they're trying to figure out they know like walking around the park is a little uh, worse for wear these Mm -hmm. days, you know, so they're trying to figure out like the, you know, because they love the resorts too. I mean, they love Polynesian, they love Beach Club, they love Boardwalk. So I think, you know, they're, they're trying to settle into how they can still 
feel the feels, as it were, uh, and but not have to push themselves to walk 26,000 steps in a day, which <laughs> is you know what we do. I don't know how I'm doing it at my age. <laughs> uh, never mind how they can do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, things go away that we love. Um, <sighs> is there I, – I need to know what attractions and – now, you guys have a term that you guys call pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll let you explain what pockets is, but it's something that when you when you explain it, I was like, yeah, I have those. I just I never called them pockets. I, I don't even know. What, I don't think I had a name for it, but it's a really good it's a really good name for it. So go ahead. <laughs> what are pockets? Um, so pockets are parts of Disney. And I, I think they they could be resort or park based that, you know, are not not blatantly out there. So it's not like an attraction. It's just a little a little nook in the park or a little tunnel in the park or a little uh, seating area or whatever it is where you can kind of just feel that Disney breeze, take it in, feel a little bit of the nostalgia and just like feel those Disney feels. It, it's you're getting out of the craziness of the crowds you're listening to the background music you're kind of just letting the senses take over and just enjoying disney in a different way Mm. so i don't don't give away too many of them but (laughs) you can i mean give are there any first of all there's got to be a couple that are gone now that you miss so those you can share because we can't experience them anymore i mean you know, I, uh, right, I right off the top of my head, right, because I go to the studios, like, they can, this is why, as much as we all worry about, you know, we say hashtag save the Muppets, you know, the Muppets courtyard is such, you know, the way the fountain is and everything is such, like, a little pocket to me that I feel like I have to visit there all the time, but, you know, conversely, you know, I, I do miss, and I love Galaxy's Edge, I love it. I love it, but I do miss just crossing over sometimes, stepping off a step underneath a little archway from the Muppets Courtyard and onto the New York Street, you know, and and there would be little, and this comes from work a little bit too, where if I just wanted to not be in a trailer for half of my day, I would go find a little a nook on New York Street. There was a lot of little nooks there that you just sit there, you know you're in Disney, you can pretend you're not working. And you can just see the people enjoying themselves and looking around and taking the pictures and doing the whole thing, you know. So I, I gave you an obscure one there because <laughs> I, I think there's there's plenty of uh, a little more classic ones that are probably that probably exist. No, you, the obscure is good. I don't. I'm trying to. I don't remember seeing people sit on stoops on New York Street. When mm-hmm. it was there, I, maybe maybe I just don't remember because it's been I don't know five years I guess at this point maybe longer than that. But I don't I, it, I mean I, it's yeah. funny it's funny I for like when you look back at pictures now of being in Muppets Courtyard the back side of the New York one of the facades of New York Street was was there it was all that mm-hmm. exposed ironwork and everything and it's just weird now to that that was there and acceptable <laughs> as a right. as a as a vantage point when now. Although I miss New York Street, it is nice to have that open area for Muppets Courtyard where you're not staring at a, you know, a construction site. Where at least that's what it looked like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. It's a and it's such an interesting thing because right, it did look like a construction site, but you know where you know, and there's licensing reasons and everything else. But I was like, why didn't I just ever go the Muppets take Manhattan? It's right here. It's right here. You got the New York Street and you got the Muppets. 
Muppets. Why isn't this? Why isn't this crossing over? Just cross the street <laughs> and have a Muppets take Manhattan thing happening down here. Uh, it always it, that always that would be what I would think about when I sat on the stoop. And Adam, probably if you saw people sitting on the stoop on New York Street, it was probably cast members. Oh. <laughs> okay. Taking a break. Um, I think the fountains over by the Imagination Pavilion could be considered a pocket. Um, the jumping fountains and and just even the regular fountains. I think that's definitely a pocket. Our friend uh, in the Disney social media world, Theme Park Rob, had actually done a whole YouTube video a couple of years or maybe a year back. I don't know when that was, um, where he went around the Magic Kingdom uh, visiting the pockets we had talked about on one of our episodes to be like, hmm, yeah, I get it. I get this. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> But um, yeah, there and I think uh, Frank, one of your pockets in the Magic Kingdom are those little side streets off of Main Street, right? Where you can kind of yeah. duck in. Center Street, yeah. And yeah. well, that would be a big one. Is uh, as much as I love the Emporium, I'm so annoyed at the connecting, the connection building there, the that connects the two, you know, sides of uh, the Emporium now with the Emporium being uh, supersized. Like, no, the Emporium is that side of the, the side of the street. There needs to be a center street here. I don't need this in-between uh, building to connect to the House of Magic and the sports store that used to be up there. Come on. Yeah, it, that's, um, yeah, Emporium, it, it's huge. And it's Disneyland does not, spoiler, because I don't, I don't, you guys haven't been there in a while. <laughs> Disneyland has, a, they have a street there, but it's got, tables there for carnation cafe but it's nice because it's still open air and you can kind of walk through and then the fountains like i the fountains i don't like at imagination i think because of that pixar short film festival mm-hmm. thing they got there now that nobody goes to um <laughs> like i don't think people realize those fountains are there anymore and it's and they're still there and they're, they're great but i see yep. what you're saying i could see it's a pocket especially now yep because it's not very well traversed anymore yes mm-hmm. for sure well, and that like you look at it and you go, this is this place. To me, like, I, you know, I, I, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but you know, imagination to me is the key to Epcot's revival. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about everything else right now. They're talking about the Moana water stuff. You got Cosmic Rewind. You got Remy's. You got all the festivals all the time. Uh, to me, whatever that imagination pavilion becomes next. I think holds the key to Epcot's Epcot's heart and the and the future of Epcot's heart because Spaceship Earth is the thing and you know they want to change it and all the things and who knows when that will happen but uh, something was lost when they changed the Imagination Pavilion mm-hmm. the ride the first time and the second time <laughs> and and you kind you kind of you, you it's a shell of its former self over there maybe like the DVC lounge it's fine but I feel like whatever happens with that area next is the key to all things in Epcot for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark Mark has on our show has said in the past that the one attraction that shouldn't be the worst attraction is the Imagination Ride because they are Imagineers. Mm-hmm. Like this is like their job. This is like what there's the like this is 101 here. That ride should not be what it is now. And I agree. I agree. And I think I was thinking recently the the movie like. In, in Hollywood Studios, they have the One Man's Dream. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's called Walt Disney Presents now. They changed the name. And at the end of that, they have a video. It's very good. I believe it's centered around the 50th anniversary of 
Disneyland, I think. No, no, because mm-hmm. it's more it's more Florida based. I don't remember. I don't. Gosh, now I don't. I no, no. You know what it is? It's from 2001, 100th years of magic. Walt Disney's 100th birthday. That's when that debuted. So that's how old that movie video is. But they should put that video if they're gonna do something at Hollywood Studios in that area and they want to get rid of that walkthrough attraction. They could right. easily put that movie in imagination because I feel like Walt. If anybody had an imagination, it was Walt Disney. I don't see why they can't put that video over there. And then yes, and then and then change uh, imagination ride. It should be trackless with, you know, all the new technology with Dreamfinder and Figment. And um, you can have a moon face of Eric Idle somewhere hiding if you wanted to because I think that's funny. <laughs> the moon face is funny. But other than that, I, I would get rid of that. So. Well, and it's just, and you know, um, it, it can never be. Exp- they could not have thought that this was the better option to what was previously there. The first time, especially, and the second time. I mean, you know, you can make the argument. People love, love, love Horizons, but you can understand where they thought Mission Space might be the bigger, the, the bigger draw. I mean, they they misfired, but you could see where they would do that. They didn't give any love to the great movie ride for years. The technology of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is awesome. So you you could see, all right, you think this is an upgrade. I understand that part of it. There's nothing about the Imagination ride that, like, why? Why would you take that away? You were teaching everything about Imagination the right way on that Mm -hmm. first ride. And I still don't understand what's happening in the current ride yeah all right so while we're talking about rides i need to know extinct rides that you guys love that are no longer around i mean horizons for sure Uh, (laughs) i feel like horizons is always like my go-to but horizons and world of motion both and i think what annoys me here's what annoys me about the changes adam we don't like change for the sake of change. No, we don't like change. Did you guys see that they, they painted the friendship boats? <laughs> oh, I did. I don't think, oh, you know what? I don't think Frank saw that, and I, I meant to send it to him, and I forgot. Mm. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, why Why was this necessary? <laughs> There's no reason for it. No re- and, and, and whoever tweeted it uh, had said, oh, uh, the update we were all waiting for. No one was waiting for this. No (laughs) one wanted this. Anyway, are you going to look it up? Do you want to see? You want to name your other attractions? Okay, yes. Yeah. (laughs) So Horizons and World of Motion. Oh, and and my hate for change for the sake of change is that, you know, you take away Horizons to put Mission Space in. And the and the wonders of life building just sitting there. You know, you you have spaces that you could use for new things. Leave the good attractions alone. Um. Okay. So we have those. I'm just gonna stick with those two for now. Uh, I was a very my favorite ride in 1981 was uh, if you had wings, sponsored oh, yeah. by Eastern Airlines, which then became if you could fly, which mm-hmm. then became Delta's Dream Flight, which then became something else before Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. And so I'm not very good at Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin, but I will go on that attraction because it's the same exact track (laughs) as it was in 1981. And I will just remember the joy that was going on if you had wings when I was six years old. 
Yeah. That, that's a big one for me. I when I went on Buzz Lightyear's uh, Space Ranger spin uh, last month, we had turned a corner. I was like, ooh, this was the Paris scene. And um, <laughs> what was? And Delta Stream. And Delta Stream. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and of course, great movie ride. Uh, great. That should go without saying for us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I miss movie ride. There was no reason for them to get rid of that. They could nope. have put Mickey Minis anywhere else. Yep. Um, Correct. It's good a good ride. Out. Just not there. Yeah. Um, I never did Dream Flight. It was already uh, Buzz Lightyear by the time I got there. But it, it that, from what I understand, that was basically a um, commercial for where Eastern Airlines flies right. to. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Loved it, though. <laughs> uh, you know, and that was the thing. It, it, people love, still love Carousel of Progress. Like Papadillo went, and, and when both Mama and Papadillo went to the 1964 New York World's Fair. So they have nostalgia for that. So things like Carousel of Progress, if you had wings, those rides are very uh, reminiscent of what was going on at the New York World's Fair. It's like, oh, come see, come do our product thing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Great. But, you know, it's kind of like why we still love uh the grand fiesta tour with the three caballeros i mean it's el rio de tempo let's be clear <laughs> but you know we go on that ride and like i, I want to go to mexico mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready let's go <laughs> well and let's be honest i mean that's how they built disneyland was corporate sponsors and they had to mm-hmm. promote products and that's how epcot was built was the same way yeah i mean it makes sense i have you not to get off i'm going to sidetrack here mm-hmm. you guys haven't done a episode where you talk to your parents about the world's fair have you no i we may have asked the question once before i think we tried papadillo is a very tough get yes he's he's tough to we we have said to him that we want to like sit down and like go over it all with him especially when um uh was it the anniversary that had come up of uh the world's fair yeah that we were talking to him about it a little bit more like last year, I feel like, and um, trying to get it. I also feel like it'd be great TikToks. Like, eh, just do a few <laughs> seconds. Just tell me one thing. Go. Yeah, I, I want to know both of their experiences because they kind of had separate experiences there. I'm, I'm not good with the ages here, and I don't want to guess. Were they married at that point or no? No. No, they okay. were 14 when. Okay. All right. I think for, and I'm not joking, for the sake of humanity, I think any story from that World's Fair needs to be uh, documented. Um, Mm -hmm. My great aunt went, and she's 86 or 87, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't remember much because she was, you know, younger then. And uh, so it's hard to try to get information from her, but she went and she does remember, you know, doing some of the rides. So I think it's, um, it's important to get that information. Yeah, definitely. um, I think for me. Yeah. You could tell him. We'll do it. You we'll could do tell it for you. Do it for it. me. Please. Yes. Yeah. No. For sure. Your biggest fan has requested this. Um. All right. So anyway, Dream Flight, Horizons, World of Motion, and Great Movie Ride. So many audio animatronics in at least Movie Ride, World of Motion, and Horizons. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they get away from that every year. It seems like. Yeah. I just saw something. Pra- who am I kidding? I saw a TikTok and um, <laughs> someone was mentioning uh, one of the animatronics in Spaceship Earth. 
and how and I know how they, you know, will reuse animatronics sometimes and or move some from one ride to another or whatever happens. But they were talking about how they only have, you know, a certain amount of moldings that they've used for faces. And so they'll just reuse like some of the presidents you oh, know, yes. appear in Spaceship Earth because just of the molding of their face was just used again for that animatronic and stuff. And, you know, it's always like stories like that um, that are always so cool. These like little hidden gems of Disney or whatever. And I don't know if it's really ever been confirmed, but back in the day when I was a cast member, they said that the uh, the mold, if you put your hand to the face of the Green Army men in, mm-hmm. in, at the Disney MGM Studios, and then you put your hand to the face of Harrison Ford in the Raiders of the Lost Ark scene on the Great Movie mm. Ride. You may feel similar oh. characteristics. Interesting. I didn't realize that the Green Army Man had faces. I thought they were just your own face painted green. Nah, that's thought, a new thing, man. I thought that oh, was a new. netting. Yeah, well, there was. I mean, I don't want to give too much. Away right, here, right, but, right. But uh, there was there was a, a mold, and then there was some mesh. Wow, mm-hmm. I didn't real. I did not realize that. Huh. Mm-hmm. I know that John Progress is the mandolin player in Spaceship Earth in the Renaissance oh, scene, yeah. mm-hmm. and Patty, his daughter, is the companion to the mandolin player. Mm-hmm. Right there. Let me ask, because uh, one of the reasons why I like you guys is because we don't like change. <laughs> I don't think you guys have been in the car. I know you talked about it in your show, and I don't remember if you guys were in the Carousel of Progress when they changed the outfits in the last scene. Mm-hmm. And they also changed. Let's be honest. They changed John's face. It's a new face for him, <laughs> and it's new hair, and it's it's got to be a new face for Patty because she's she's had a facelift for sure, <laughs> and um and new hair and, and such and everybody else. Are we okay with that change? Because I think i am however i do miss i miss john's sweater i miss the outfit that patty had with the uh, scrunchy socks and the ski boots mm-hmm. and i really liked the grandmother's uh, floral dress that was very golden girls and now it's <laughs> more modern and i guess it makes sense because that's supposed to be you know in the present future type thing and they should have updated clothes but doesn't mean I like it. Yeah, I think, I don't know. And so we've recorded some episodes in advance, which is very odd for us, Adam. So I lose track <laughs> of where I've said what. But um, I think I had said, like, I kind of feel like you do. Like, I think I'm okay with it. Like, they didn't, like, change the scene. They didn't, like, do too much. And I guess it's fine. Would I have preferred they stay exactly the same? Yes. Do they need to change the clothes? No. But fine, you're gonna do it. Fine. So I, I guess I accept it. If you, I don't, you know, whatever. I mean, okay. I'm about to say something very contradictory. But as much as I don't want anything to change for the sake of change, what sometimes bothers me more is when they let things go for way <laughs> too long. Right. And like, you know, that was the thing with the great movie ride. They. When I was a cast member there, you know, there were rumors that like, oh, they're going to change this to a Disney villains ride. It's all going to mm-hmm. be Disney villains someday. And that was in 1999. And it's like, so they, it was always like, oh, they're not going to do anything with it because they want to change the ride. And it still took them 20 years to do it. Mm-hmm. And even when they tried to do that little, uh, we're going to add the Turner Classic Movies bit to it. Like, Come on. That's not showing this attraction love. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I think, you know, it, this is okay, but I'm also annoyed at Disney because they weren't making subtle updates along the way. Like it took you 28 years to do this or whatever it was. Cause I, they were in like their 1994 clothes or whatever it is. When all That's- Tomorrowland got updated in the mid nineties. What is encouraging is that they, they put money into it. I mean, they gave, I mean, John has a new face, so they put – however much that costs, they put that money into it. That means that – because I love that attraction, mm-hmm. that to me, I, in my heart of hearts, means that they're not getting rid of it for a while. If they're putting money into it, they're not getting rid of it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put money into it. That's how I see it. And I'm going to go on record on your podcast here, Adam, uh, all these episodes that Jen and I recorded for Theme Park Thursday with Dillow's Diz in the month of August because we're going on a Disney cruise. On one of the episodes, uh, there was some implication, and we did this over on our Patreon in front of other guests. So they they interpreted something I said as like as if I didn't love the Carousel of Progress. And I want to be clear here on your <laughs> podcast for the record that I love the Carousel of Progress. I'm just not necessarily going on it every single time <gasps> that I'm there. <laughs> Same. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> it's well, harder with the kids, Adam. It's harder I, it's, with the kids. It's, it's been fun, Adam. It's, it's, it's been fun. I guess we got to go now. With air condition, you could, they could, if they want, sit in the back row, put the iPads on, but just no sound. <laughs> if you want, no sound. No, I understand. I mean, it's not like it, it's not like anything changes, although they did just change it. <laughs> but it's not like you know most of the things change. But yeah, I mean that. I mean that is one of my um my half my must dos. Yeah. Um, and we we debate. You know, I know you're a great big beautiful tomorrow person, but kind of for me, I probably went on the attraction most often when it was now is the time, now is the best time of your life. And to me, I really love that jingle so as much as i love great big beautiful tomorrow now is the time now is the best time of your life it's kind of my carousel progress song. <laughs> see and that and that song is foreign to me like i'm mm-hmm. like huh um <laughs> although they they do play that melody on the uh, people mover soundtrack which mm-hmm. is which is nice that's nice that they do that the people mover is shut down on jen's last trip so she didn't have to hear the new narrator i'm just saying out loud <laughs> man <laughs> I don't think I was I fully prepared for that, so. Oh man, I mean the new narrator. I mean I understand that the narrator that was there is not is not original, obviously. Right. So it's it has cha- so it's not like it has never changed. That has changed. Yeah. So it's gonna change. I mean they just add, they're adding Tron. They have and they don't have Stitch, so they have to change it. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. The guy oh, sat. The guy sounds a little bit like the old guy. Could they have hired the old guy, assuming he's still alive and wants to do this? obviously did they mm-hmm. do they no i don't know why maybe he doesn't have an email anymore who knows but um <laughs> you know they should just ask me next time i am glad they didn't like fill it with you know intellectual property and and change the name right. and all that stuff so yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's it's good it's still ha- it hits all the beats and it's got a little bit more easter eggs in there and like if you had wings and all that stuff so that's good i don't want to talk all about things we miss and we're upset about i need to <laughs> because you guys go we you still go often and mm-hmm. now you have children of your own as you mentioned and so i need to know now what do you like now there just give me some favorites like that's new or just that's new that's okay. new now when i say new i mean 
I mean, I would say like within the last 10 years, but Disney hasn't, <laughs> they don't really add much. So mm-hmm. it might have to, you might have to go to like the last 20 years <laughs> to answer this question. I think, uh, I'm sure Frank will say the same, but I think uh, Galaxy's Edge, we could probably agree on there. Frank, more so than me, I consider myself a Star Wars appreciator. Uh, not, I, I don't know all the things about all the things, but I can appreciate the movies. I can appreciate the franchise. But I think Galaxy's Edge is just very cool. Um, and I and I think that's a very cool spot. And, and the details are amazing and all of it. I'm trying to think of, like, other new things ish things that I like I don't I don't know I kind of feel like I'm really interested to see what happens in Epcot when it's all done and how I will really feel about it because it's very (laughs) hard Adam as you mentioned I was a cast member also known as an operating participant I worked at Innovention so to know that that building is just nothing now is very difficult for me but I am intrigued by what they say they're going to do, and I feel like I may end up being okay with it, but I really, I need to see it come to life. Yeah. Uh, for me, Slinky Dog Dash, I mean, that when my six-year-old was two, she was like, I want a piece of Slinky. Like, I want to be on that ride. I, mm-hmm. I want to go. So we finally did that last summer, and it was everything she could have hoped for and more. Somehow she managed to get front row Slinky Dog twice i like i don't even i can't even fathom it um but both of the attractions actually in toy story land uh, i she was two and a half when she and i went on alien swirling saucers and i don't know the last time that it, like that's like one of the times i can think of the two of us were just laughing so hard together mm-hmm. that, that that's like how much fun it was uh so yeah galaxy's edge i mean i don't think i need to go into that i'm a big huge you know, <laughs> star wars was the first movie i saw in 1977 so it's like you know it just it's it's you know the upper echelon for me but the two rides in uh toy story land is definitely on the list and you know just in terms of uh, stuff that I've been on for a hundred years that ha- are seen as uh, different in my eyes because of the kids. Basically, last summer we rode Thunder Mountain at night and happily ever after started while we were on the ride. And I don't, I don't know if that might be my most magical experience in 40 years of going to Disney parks because of her reaction and you're on, you're on Thunder Mountain at night. So that's awesome. And, you know, the fireworks are going off as you're turning the corners, Uh, you know, so Thunder Mountain, like, climbed rapidly in my eyes uh, of favorite attractions just because mm. of that mm-hmm. yeah because of memory that's very nice um <laughs> the uh, no i i agree 100 percent on the riding the the big thunder through the fireworks because um you don't realize how when you're standing on main street or even in the hub you don't really realize where those fireworks are going off of mm-hmm. you can kind of figure it out when you're on big thunder if you're if you're looking and you don't realize you don't really realize how close they are to the to fantasy land area and, and um yeah it's it's yeah. really cool to see it from there i i i i highly suggest doing that um at least once in your life mm-hmm. if you can so i need to know do you ride the older attractions and explain to your kids the importance of them <laughs> like like a living with the land 
do do, do we do that? Are they not are they not old enough to understand how important living with the land is or or like spaceship Earth is? So, Adam, this might be minus points for us. So (laughs) last summer I did take the kids on living with the land, uh, you know, which was fine. I don't think Frank and I are super nostalgic for living with the land. So I and and I know we should be and I kind of almost feel like a lot of the same people who are very big on Animal Kingdom can absolutely be a full day park are the same people that will say living with the land is everything. And I kind of feel like there's a crossover there, which I'm just now realizing as I'm talking out loud. So and and there's nothing wrong with either of those thoughts. I just I don't know that I agree with them. (laughs) (laughs) You don't agree with me. I mean, I it's an important I like living with the lands and it's an important right It is not a must do for me. But I do. I think it's very cool. I think it's a very cool ride. Last night I was watching the Living with the Land ride through Martin's video. The YouTube channel is Martin's videos. I would highly suggest checking it out. Mm-hmm. He makes ride throughs, but he makes them into like movies and he clips together different different views. And he play. He has the whole narrations and he oh, extend cool. he extends it and. Amazing job. I, the fact that it's free on the internet is amazing because yeah. like, you should be charging for it. <laughs> but anyway, so I was watching Living with the Land, and I, remi- I realized, first of all, it's like walking through your garden at home if you have like a garden in a mm-hmm. backyard. It's kind of like, like walking through that if you have flowers and such. It's also like being in a spa because, first of all, you've got like a humid area, which is like a sauna, and the music is very spa-like. That pan flute, I don't know what it is. I'm actually Frank, you know music. You might know what it is more than <laughs> most people. That whatever that type of music is, it's very it's something you would hear in a spa. And it's mm-hmm. just so that ride is just so relaxing. And mm. I think the mo- important thing that I hope Disney understands is that not every ride has to throw you around and try to kill you. Um, <laughs> it's okay to have slow relaxing rides yes like like navi river journey is that Mm -hmm. we have no idea what's going on with navi river journey (laughs) and and they probably could have stretched the budget if they didn't spend all their money on the one robot at the end of the movie (laughs) the movie at the end of the ride that's just flailing its arms around that sounds like that sounds like bob dylan (laughs) but navi river journey is that Living with that, living with the land is that I think the Mexico boat ride, yeah. um, mm-hmm, for sure. The Caballeros is that. So it's okay to have slow moving boat rides is, is probably what it is, but it could be a dark ride too. It doesn't have to be on a boat. So what you need to do is I'm not telling you how to raise your kids, but <laughs> what you need to do is you need to you need to have them on that ride again, mm-hmm. and you just got to explain to them, look, like this is something that was designed by Rolly Crump. And that other guy that was from the University of Arizona, and they were trying to figure out how to do biodomes. And this is like this new technology. And those lab people are really working for the United States Department of Agriculture. They're trying to figure out how to grow plants in different environments. It's like mm-hmm. real stuff going on here. So <laughs> this is I, might have to, I might have to ride with them and just kind of explain yeah. how <laughs> important this ride is to the civil, the, the, our civilization. That makes sense. 
Now, I'm sure we'll get there someday, and I don't know the history of why it didn't become one of those attractions for us in Epcot. <laughs> I want to say, because often we would go down to what is now, was it Sunshine Seasons down there, mm-hmm. or whatever the food court is called, and get baked potatoes because they were excellent baked potatoes. Mama and Dilla will talk to them forever, mm-hmm. about them forever, because they were so good, and I don't disagree. I would start getting baked potatoes at food courts and malls. <laughs> Uh, but I feel like, for whatever reason, when we were younger, that attraction had a longer wait time than it was supposed to. And so it always – we ended up not going on it. Now it, you don't get that, but back then I felt like you did, and I don't know – that's how – that's my uh, gut reaction there, but I don't know. Um, but I agree with you, Adam, about the new age e-music. Maybe that's what you're thinking about with the spa. But I think uh, – what's his name? George Wilkins did a lot of music during that time that was very – I think he it's his music. I don't know if it's a new age artist in there uh, or not. You want to know why that baked potato was so good? Why? Because, it was, because, it was because where do you think that grew the they grew that potato? <laughs> it was en- I said it was built. It was engineered <laughs> pavilion. It was grown right there. That's mm-hmm. why it was the freshest potato you probably ever had. There you go. Boom. And I and I can feel you know like you feel old school Epcot when you're going through that ride. So I can. I say we're not nostalgic for it, but I understand it being a nostalgia type ride. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's at least you understand. That's good. Yes. Yes. Step one. I wanted to end with some rapid fire questions so I can get. Jen loves answering quick. I'm horrible at I can get your favorites. Um, I need to know favorite. This is this could this could be. Any era could be canceled or current, never happened type thing. I need a from both of you. Your favorite ride? People Space moving. Mountain. <laughs> I'll answer first. <laughs> so, uh, Space Mountain for me. All right. People you said people moving. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a preference, Frank? Left side or right side? I always go left. Okay. I don't think there's a difference, but I don't. I, I, I'm sure there is. Everybody says there is, but I've never. I don't know. I don't even know where the camera is in that ride. I still never know where it is. So. I need a favorite show. Oopty Doo musical review or oh. Citizens of Hollywood, Ooh. if you want to count that as a show. I think that's a show. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say same. Then you got to answer the next what? one first. All right, this fine. Time. Favorite restaurant. Ohana. I'm going to say Beaches and Cream just because the food and, and, the, and the ice cream is still good. It ain't the same in there since the renovation. Adam. But the food, the, the food is – yeah, it's your fault, Adam. We know yeah, that was. I don't want to end on a sour note. It's really a shame. <laughs> it's really a shame that they sterilized the interior of that space. Mm-hmm. They sucked the life out of it with its sleekness. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I get it. I mean, now, I, now everybody can go. It's not like so tiny, and I understand they got to expand the capacity and all that. The but. size is fine. the The soul is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they didn't, they didn't do that well. Yeah. I think that's all I had for you guys. Oh, that was easy. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps when this is all we think about all day. <laughs> that's which, true. Which I, mm-hmm. which I realized wow. I've realized very recent in my life that is this is literally all I think about. I am very close to just packing it all up and moving down there and yeah. and working down there. But do it. I I know every you know I Chase do the it dream. and then and then I look at like what <laughs> a 
what the mm-hmm. pay is there. And I'm like, yeah. and the fact that like I, I have experience in other things, they don't care. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of like. Ignore all that. Just go do it. <laughs> it's fine. I'll go worked out. Uh, I know. And, and you guys did it. And yeah. uh, but you were the you know, more younger stage in life than I am right now. But um, I mean, but a little bit, but a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. I mean, you gotta, you know what? This is what I would say, Adam. Like, if you actually have the means, if you, if you, if you set your life up the right way, do it for a year. Yeah. Just go down for a year. You get the pixie dust for a year. You get to live the life for a year. It, it I, I mean, even, even twenty eight, six, seven years later, I would still tell people, no matter how much has changed, no how much, how whatever your feelings are, to go work there for a year. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I don't know things that would be much better than going to, and and playing and, and and working in Disney for a year. I mean, yeah, I, agreed. I, I think the pixie dust might wear off after that. But and more so that is because of the money in your pocket. But <laughs> I I think that uh, if you think you can find a way to do it and uh, strategize a plan where can I do it for a year? I would say do it. Yes, agreed. I would be fearful of a resume gap that has, you know, a job that I'm in and then, you know, scoop an ice cream for a year and then I have to go find another job. I don't know. It just doesn't seem But then like... what if you love scooping ice cream so much that you just kept going with it? Knowing me, yeah. that's probably what would happen is because mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, I'm not leaving here. But I would be like, uh, I'm not making any money doing this, so... There's a a great Louis Gravance who wrote a book called Service is a Superpower. He was a streetmosphere guy, citizens of Hollywood for 20 years probably. He taught traditions for years. His book Service is a Superpower, it's awesome. But he tells a great story about a woman uh, making pizzas in Tomorrowland that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, he him thinking she's got to she's got to hate her life. You know, kind mm-hmm. of thing, and you know, and to really get to how her perspective on adding to the Disney experience, like really, like shifted his mindset about how everyone's a key part, and it, it, it's a great story. Uh, probably a spoiler in that story. I kind of got a <laughs> story there, but I recommend the book entirely, just based on his experiences and what he believes to be great guest service, and. Uh, but the, the, you know, to that to Jen's point about you know, what if you just love scooping ice cream? What if mm-hmm. you what if you just what if you just want to make milkshakes at the beaches and cream window for a year? Yep, yep. And yeah. and and maybe it sets you up. And no, the money won't be great. But what if you're happier? Like, what if you're happy? <laughs> <laughs> then what? I know that's what it's all about, right? Right. I think. I hope. Yes. I think. Yes. You go down there and find out what job you're getting first, and then you decide. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have anything else you wanted to say, or was that it? We're guys... We are very honored that you have asked us to be on this podcast, Adam. We always love chatting with you. All right, so I'm going to. Um... He doesn't want to hear compliments, so I'm going to get. <laughs> I, know, no, no, I know, I know, I know. Move on. He's trying to move on. And no, 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 no Adam, I... you are a pillar in the Twitter community. Yeah. Twitter community that where we found everybody. You are connected to so many people. We are always impressed by how many people you engage and get to know and hang out with. And, yes. and and we are grateful to be a big part of that in your life. But we also want to say that we acknowledge how 
big of a part you are in so many people's lives on Twitter. I'm sure everywhere else, but we see it on Twitter the most, obviously. <laughs> but we want to acknowledge that out loud that uh, your constant engagement with everybody is impressive. Uh, we respect it. We're uh, grateful that we're a part of it. And uh, we're so excited that we were able to talk here on your podcast for the first time. Can I say your podcast? I will say on the Mouse and More podcast. Yeah, that's fine. I know. I appreciate it. I think um i i am very grateful for this show and and how it's um it's helped me uh become more of a social person because uh, i really wasn't and i kind of still am not believe it or not and and i know for a fact if i did not have this show i would not have be, i i did not know that there was a disney community mm-hmm. honestly before this show and i know i would not have you know, met you guys and, and some other people. So I am grateful for that. So, but, uh, so I do appreciate you, you saying that. And I just think that uh, life can be very hard for a lot of people. And so it's nice to have, you know, I just want to treat people the way I want to be treated. Right. So mm-hmm. I will, you know, try to engage and, and, you know, in pleasantries and be nice and reach out as much as I can, because I would appreciate that happening to me if it came to that point mm-hmm. i think that's i think that's the best way of saying that yes yes adam can you tell the listeners how they can find you guys i always have to check in with jen to see if she's going to do the plugging this time no <laughs> <laughs> uh so it's us. It's uh, Jen and Frank of Dillo's Diz. Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz is our podcast. Drops every Thursday morning, usually. Uh, maybe it's drifting a little later in the morning recently. <laughs> but Thursday mornings, a Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz podcast on all your podcatchers. Uh, we have the TikTok, the Twitter, the Instagram, at Dillo's Diz. Dillo's with an S, Diz with a Z. Uh, we have we have the Facebook page. You can go find us there. We have a YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Dillo's Diz. And we have a Patreon uh, uh, at DillosDizResort.com, uh, levels as low as $1 per month, but uh, you can jump in at three different levels and hang out with us there for a little extra content, and uh, we're, we're talking about expanding that out a little bit, well, uh, playing around with the, what happens at the resort starting in September, so DillosDizResort.com for that, DillosDizResort.com dot com in general for all the Dillos Diz things. Uh, Adam, thank you again for uh, supporting us all these years, yes. and, and uh, we really appreciate your friendship here in the uh, Disney community. Thanks again. Also, Adam, yes. we will be making it to New Jersey soon because Ooh, we Taylor have Ham. Taylor Ham. Yeah, I think it's September. We're that. gonna do a Taylor Ham. Uh, I think we're we're doing. I'm trying to uh, just for uh, all your listeners who may care, Adam. Uh, there was a bunch of of uh, friends who had birthday wishes challenges, and I've kind of pushed that off to kind of lead up <laughs> to the next birthday. Included in that is to have a Taylor Ham. Uh, is that Taylor Ham and egg? What's on it? Taylor Adam? Ham, Taylor Ham, egg and cheese. I don't do ketchup, but people like ketchup. Yeah, I don't know if I do ketchup. You could do it on a, you that. could do it on like a Kaiser roll or a bagel. If it's a good bagel, which around here you get good bagels, uh, I would do a bagel. Uh, but you could do a roll if you want that. And I think I also said you have to 
uh, get gas here too, so somebody pumps it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. that one. Yeah, goes without saying. It was a little easier back in the day when Jersey had cheap gas. Like, I don't know if I feel as motivated. <laughs> Hey, I saw Jersey for years had the cheaper gas. Yeah. I saw on the way home a station had a three ninety nine cast. Oh, there we go. That was the first Great. under that was my first under four in a couple months. So yeah. uh, nice. we don't want to. We'll start. Uh, we don't want to get too political here at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. Gas is everybody needs gas. So that's I think, right. Um, and I, sure. nobody wants to pay more than they want to. So. I'm sure. <laughs> hey, I had to, I had to buy a Costco membership just to continue to go to Costco to get gas. So. That's true. Oh, that's funny. Interesting. That's, yeah, that's funny. Because uh, because Costco now is in New Jersey. Uh, I, now I'm dragging this on. New, so New Jersey <laughs> had a law that didn't allow gas clubs. So Costco could sell gas, had, or I should say, had to sell gas to everybody. They couldn't just limit it to Costco members. But I guess I don't know how they got around it. They changed the law or something, because starting this July, you had to now be a member to get the gas. Mm. So I was like, well, I guess I got to get my own membership now. <laughs> and I was in Costco today. Off. And I was in Costco today. So. <laughs> Many years ago, I used to do a lot of dinner theater on weekends out in Jersey, so I always appreciated back then when gas was like 45 cents cheaper per <laughs> gallon in Jersey. It's not like that anymore. So yeah. We're closing the gap, I guess. Frank and Jen, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Adam. Please, if you're listening, if you're listening, if you <laughs> you are listening because that's how it <laughs> works, go listen to them on Thursdays. They do a very good job with their show, and I enjoy it. It, it makes my it makes the day the, the last day before Friday go much by go by <laughs> much faster. I should say. We're gonna use that quote, Adam. The, the, we, we make the last day before Friday go faster. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's catchy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can put that on a T-shirt. I was just about um, to say. <laughs> okay so i just want to remind you that our podcast is sponsored by main street and more travel and authorized disney vacation planner check out their website mainstreetandmoretravel.com request a quote and let chris and her team plan your family's next vacation you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram just search for the mouse and more podcast and on behalf of my friends jen and frank of the Dillow's days podcast this is adam and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everybody. Thank you.